This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I'm so excited for us both to get to be with our amazing guest, Rob Bell. So I just have to tell you, I feel like I have hit the jackpot, like the biggest star said yes to being on the podcast. We've had some amazing people on the podcast, so everyone is so amazing. And Rob is somebody who I have followed and listened to and really learned from for a long time without having a lot of back and forth relationship. I think during COVID, I did one session with him where there was a back and forth, which was so fun. I've also interviewed his son on the podcast. You can check that out in the show notes. And then he interviewed Kristen Hange on his podcast a few years back. And what she shared about the heroine's journey just struck me at such a deep level that then we got to interview her here as well. She said yes to that. And I know she's going to be somebody who's an important part of my life going forward. So I just attribute a lot of things to Rob. And I will say that this conversation was also really important to me. So I was so happy that he said yes. He has written a new book, which is definitely sometimes an impetus for people to say yes. So I'm super grateful that he did. And there was a lot of surprising things. I realized how many moments I projected sort of like how well he was doing and how happy he was and sort of felt less than myself. So this was actually a really clarifying conversation around the creative journey. It was so important to me. I really take each piece of it deep within my heart and I'm so grateful for the conversation. He did just write this amazing book, which by the way, just in case you don't get far in, I need to tell you, you have to go get it. It's called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? Thus the name of the show. And I read it first in preparation for this conversation. I was so struck by it that I had my husband read it before the conversation and then my 20-year-old son started it and he finished it and I feel like I need to do a whole other episode on some of his takeaways from it because he hadn't quite finished it when I did this episode. But I just felt that it was a really important book for them to read and it opened up a conversation that was just really important because it has both the lightness and the heaviness of a lot of big things. And so you'll hear more as we talk about it today. We're going to talk about the book, but we're also going to talk about the process. I was really curious about how 
Rob made the space for this book. And he really changed a lot of things to make space for it. And this is something that we do a lot. Like this really is the basis for Flow 365 at the end of the day. It's like, how do we make space for new things? And what choices are we making? What are we leaving behind? And what are we stepping into? And the reason that I think Flow 365 is so impactful, which is our program, if you don't know that, (laughs) is so impactful, is that I think that especially for women, it's we've had to do this a lot alone. And we are juggling more things than we've ever juggled. So if you're an entrepreneur, and you have kids, kids of any age, because adult children still take space. And maybe you have parents that are aging, and you have a home, and you have this desire to make the world a better place. And then you have a body that you need to take care of, or want to take care of, I hope. And It's just a lot of things. And I don't think that we've ever had this much to hold ever before in history. And it just makes it hard sometimes to choose and to be able to put our dreams and our creativity first. And so this conversation was so powerful on so many levels as a look at how to do that and what a real person did to make his dreams come true. So that's what I got to say about that. And the rest, I'm going to let our conversation unfold. I think this one went long because I just like couldn't stop. Like I had so many questions. I could have probably gone for two hours, but yeah. So it's a little longer than usual, but I promise it's all good. Okay. And one announcement is that Flow365, that program I was just talking about, it is open for enrollment for the 2024 cohort. If you are somebody who is wearing a lot of hats and knows that there is a different way that you could be living and there's things you want to do and you don't want to be stressed about it anymore and you don't want to be running around like a crazy person and you just want to figure out that way in an amazing community, Flow365 is for you. These are women who are building businesses or building amazing legacies in their careers and raising kids. And yes, some people have little kids, but a lot of people, I would say most people have teenagers and young adults and are navigating their bodies through different circumstances and navigating marriages through different circumstances and navigating coming out of the pandemic that we're still seem to be coming out of and just wanting to step into something that is different and supportive and can actually help them go towards their dreams. A lot of people who step into flow have read a lot of books and bought a lot of courses and are just needing the loving accountability to become who they wanted to be when they bought all those things. (laughs) So if you're thinking like, oh my God, that sounds like me. I need this. I want this. Please come check it out. Enrollment is open. It's so fun to be with us for a full calendar year and see how, I mean, it is a year-long program, but it's so fun to start in this January cohort. Sometimes we open another cohort in the summer. We'll see what happens this year. But so join the cohort if you want. It is like 
It's funny because a lot of people say it's like such a good deal. And I know that money is money. And so just go check it out. See if it feels like a good fit. If you're worried, get on a call with me. We've opened up our calendar. Enrollment is going to be open until the 12th. And then we close down enrollment. I go get all centered. We get all organized on the back end. And then we kick off our retreat. It's an online retreat in the final weekend of January. We set 90-day goals. We get really clear on what that 90 days is going to look like. And yeah, we just step into a new way of being and it's so powerful. And go check out the testimonials because really what people say about it, I just feel like I can't even do it justice. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. Like I don't even understand how I got to be the one who gets to lead this. It's so fun. So if you're a woman balancing a lot of things, this might be the thing for you. And no matter who you are, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Rob. So let's get Rob on the show. Hello, Rob Bell. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I don't usually introduce people by their first and last name, but somehow that comes with your territory. Maybe, I don't know if you always get that. I do. Actually, do you know that we have actually had Trace on the show before? So your son has been on the show. I love it. That guy. Yeah. That is my guy. And then we also, right after you did, had to do an episode on the heroine's journey. So we've had that episode too. It's like Wonderful. every time. Yeah. So many ideas <laughs> from the Rothcast. The other thing I've shared here on the podcast before, which I love, is I use all the time that that was like five Mias ago. <laughs> so that mm. comes directly from you. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things to do these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that comes directly from one Robert ago. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what would five Mias from now do? That's a really helpful question. Oh, right. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Do you want to tell people about you who don't know you? It's funny. By the way, also, just so you know, you're one of probably less than 10 men who've been on this podcast in over 400 (laughs) episodes. (laughs) We're thinking about changing that. But now whenever there's like a male person on, everyone's like, oh, my God, I must listen to this episode. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Tell everybody just a little bit like we're going to go through your book you just wrote. But I don't know. What's the spiel you tell people about you? Do you have have that? I feel like maybe you're the kind of person who doesn't have that. Yeah, no, I don't know. Steel? How weird would that be? Okay, well, tell us what we need to know about you today. Let's go there. Who is Rob? How would I know what you need to know? (laughs) All right, I'm going to tell people, I'm going to introduce you formally after, but I'm going to tell people that Rob is somebody who I've listened to for a long time on his podcast. He's just written a book, which is why he's agreed to be on now, which I'm super excited about. I share your wisdom actually kind of frequently. And one of the things that you were super helpful with me about, just which you don't even know yet, but I'm telling you right now, is that I came from a family with a mother who still does a lot of church. Mm. And at the time I first started listening to you, I could not even like say the word God because I had like, I was living this like very spiritual life, but it just didn't resonate with me. Like the two things were so separated for me that I like, and so then you would start talking about all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, this kind of seems what he knows, like knows what he's talking about. And he doesn't seem to believe in this whole thing over here. And this is so cool. So it was a very like relaxing thing when I first came into your world to like hear Mm. that. So just so I can anchor you in that. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. It's almost like you were having actual experiences. Yeah. So good actual connection actual vitality so interacting with something that 
was telling you how to do that, but wasn't doing that. It's like, what? And then there's one other Rob fact, which mm. also you don't know, which is oh, that good. this will be good. <laughs> so we both have three kids, which I always somehow resonate with people who have three kids. I don't know why, but I guess it's mm-hmm. a thing. But our youngest are the same age. So as the mother, sometimes like navigating all the things, I don't know if you all have this in your households, but you know, some days I'm like, really, I have to go drive that drive again. Like I have to really like another day at school when I'd like rather mm-hmm. be doing this other thing. And Rob will get on the podcast and he'd be like, I had so much fun this morning. I was like driving to school and Violet was putting on her music and like all the things. And I was like, oh my God, I could be like that. I could be really excited when I get in the car and like really appreciate this moment. And that changed a lot for me. So I'm going to give that to you too. Okay. I'm going to get back to you a bowl of rice, two thirds eaten, left on the counter. <laughs> you didn't catch it and in the couldn't have cleaned it out. And then the rice hardens to the bowl. You start your day trying to get those rock hard pieces of rice off the bowl. And you're like, seriously? I think hard? I just did that with granola this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. always like, you know that like, Four feet away from right there on the counter is this thing that's the dishwasher. Not and hard. You have like a really good one. And it like, you mm-hmm. don't even like when we were little, you had to like rinse everything off. Like ours, right. you don't even have to right. do that. All you have to right. do is get it from this side of the right. counter mm-hmm. into the dishwasher. But mm-hmm. you know, for the 14 year old brain, mm-hmm. sometimes that's hard. Yep. <laughs> I want to balance in the larger scale of the universe. I love it. It's a sunshine morning with Olivia Rodrigo blasting, and we're hearing about whatever. She wants to talk about it. And it's the best thing ever. And then the rice bowl. Then they get the all, rice. It. all of it. It's all of it. All, <laughs> all of it. it. I love it. It's, I mm-hmm. do feel like it gets better and better. I love every moment of it. And now that I have two that aren't gone, I'm like frequently like, oh, they're not here anymore. I no. miss them. Even their bowls of rice. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. All right. So you wrote a book. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, I love so it. Fun. Before we press record, I was saying that last night I was like a little bit nervous. I will fully admit, I feel like I have a superstar on the podcast, which we've had before, but I was like, you know, when you listen to someone's voice, like often you're like, <laughs> wow, now I get to talk to him on the podcast. This is so fun. And so I had my husband read the book. He was up till 3 a.m. last night. And then he woke up with all these notes on a piece of paper this morning. And I was like, did you read the same book as me? Because like, that is not like at all any of the things that I was going to talk about with Rob today. So we'll see where we go. Love it. <laughs> but I feel like I have questions about the book. And also just about like the process. I feel like I have both. Where should we Mm -hmm. start? Where do you want to start? Just pick one. All right. Let's start with the book. Okay. So one of the things that I loved immediately when I started reading, and it's funny, this is so related. I feel like the car ride and the bowl of rice are a great metaphor for exactly what I felt about the book. Because when I started it, I was like, oh my God. And I still think this, but during the, we're recording this for everyone right before the Thanksgiving holiday. It might not be exactly when it goes live, but that's when we're talking. And on that holiday, we always read on Black, like the day after things. We do a lot of reading that weekend. We don't participate in a lot of the things, but all the kids that we light fires, we're in Boston, it's cold here, we read. So I was like, oh my gosh, this book is perfect for Felix. So my 20 year old is studying the environment and he is just so disappointed like all the time. 
like, why do I do this? The world's just going to end anyway. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Rob says it's going to be just this brown ball floating around in in the thing. And but the way that you talked about it had so much like lightness at the beginning of the book. And I just felt like that was just such it was a little bit like how I experienced you know, how you drive your daughter to school. It's like the same thing. It's like, really, like, why do we go to this like box and get vegetables? Like, what is that? And like, you know, the analogy of the phones and being these strange people who take pictures of everything. It's just like when you get that distance, you're like, yeah, why is it like that? I don't know. It gave such at the beginning, it gave so much lightness to what feels like a heavy topic, I think, to a lot of our youth. Right. So the thing that is unspoken and terrifying is a thousand times exponentially more terrifying. It has more power than that which has been said. So think about a long-term, well, think about a long-term marriage, and there's some issue that just keeps coming up, and it's so maddening and irritating, and then one day, one of the people says to the other, if we're going to stay together, we're going to need to get to the root of this. It's never been considered that they would part ways. It's never even been, it's that which can't be spoken. But the moment, however terrifying it is for the two people, If you're watching that fight, you're like, oh, they're actually in the best place ever because the most terrifying idea has been haunting the thing the whole time because of this issue. So that's what I found for my own heart is the earth didn't make it. It's the thing hanging in the air right now. So I go the whole way and say it. And then something really counterintuitive happens, an affection. I mean, that's where the activism, that's where the change in habits, strangely enough, comes from yeah it was like the gesture of like oh yeah of course the earth ends like i mean that's what you were feeling that whole beginning of the thing you were like kind of like oh yeah like and it didn't even happen in terms of the story the story started with this guy asking this guy where'd you park your spaceship and it built well you might find this interesting it built like and i was like how does this guy feel about this guy asking this guy this question he does not like this question what's his name dean Bears. what's that guy's name dill tud and the story grew from that question, like concentric circles. So how did we get to that question? And then what happens after that question? And I remember the here's, here's like a copy of one of the first, when I first could hold it in my hand, the mm-hmm. paper version, the question actually sits like right in the middle oh. of the book, like page wise. So it moved. No, it's like, this is exactly, it started the whole yep. story, the idea, everything for the story came from that one question. Yeah. And then it built itself backwards and forwards. Oh, got and it. It, yes. And then when you hold the book, it actually sits right in the middle of the book. Oh, and interesting. So it wasn't even, there was no larger, well, it doesn't work to have a point when you tell a story. It has to be a story. So even the Earth, that was all just like a side detail. Like, well, they're on spaceships. What planet? They're on a planet? Yeah, well, why are they on that planet? So it was actually just getting you to the planets. It had, there was never a larger point about the Earth. Yeah, which once yeah, again, but it did give it a lightness for a moment. So then, and I, by the way, I am so bad <laughs> with like... <laughs> the English language and names I know. So Rob has made this like whole world of other names, which yes. there's no way yes. I'm going to remember them correctly yes. during this right. interview, just to be clear, just to be crystal clear at the very beginning. Like, I'm oh, like, good. You know, who I did love that? it. But tell me a little bit about, because I feel like it's interesting. I mean, we've gone like, you know, we don't even know how far out into the future mm-hmm. we've got this book and which is good. And it feels so relevant to today. Like, I mean, there's so many pieces where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just like, how is not everyone aware that like, this is how it already works? <laughs> you know, like, how did we think that this was evolving or whatever? So will you talk a little bit about that? 
Right, which was the, I mean, this is like the 11th, well, 14th book for me. And the other books were much more an idea, a thesis, stories, but like a point. Chapter two has to flow from chapter one. Almost like there's an, underneath it all, at some level, it's an argument, no matter how funny, persuasive, whatever it is, it's still an idea, is what I'm trying to communicate. And there was something about the first friends who I sent them drafts of this, and all they wanted to talk about was loss, grief, hope, ecology, governance, the ways that we numb ourselves. And so I'm right away just being like, what the? I wrote thousands of pages of books just coming in the front door, very straightforward. This is what this book is about. This is what I'm trying to explain. This is why I think this matters. Here's how this And then I make up an entire world with spaceships and planets and it goes, and every interview for the book goes right to the heart of things. It's like, I feel like I'm just getting started after 20 years of doing this. It's the most Mm -hmm. extraordinary, this story, which is way up ahead somewhere else, some other, somehow I just get on people like you and we're just in, we're already in. That is the great, mystery at the heart of why a story like comes in some side door and it's almost like it reads you it's almost like when there's an argument or a thesis or a person has an idea they're communicating you're just instantly do i agree with this idea or not or how does this idea work in my life as opposed to a story where you get caught up in it it's working on you yeah it's almost like the next day you're like well that actually you're learning what it's doing to you it's absolutely fascinating to me it is very fascinating. And I don't even remember if we had already pressed record. Oh, I think I did say at the very beginning that my husband read it last night. And it was had different really things to say. How different it yeah. was, right? Like, yeah. I feel like I gravitated, well, the whole beginning of the book there, like, I felt like it was hard to tell who was like, magical and who was being manipulated. It was like, I found it hard, like, I could mm. tell that there was going to be some more like evolved people and some people who were like stuck in the system, but it was like not clear what was what in a lot of situations, sort of until you get to the end and it's really clear. And I it feel is, like- Oh, that's interesting. Does that make sense? This is what's so fascinating about it. That's an entirely different way to think about it well, than, I think I, than anybody has said, which is what I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because like I operate in like, I'm always thinking about like what's intuitive and like, you know, like literally my work is about like, what's a more feminine way to think about things instead mm-hmm, of the masculine mm-hmm. model we've always been stuck in. So I'm thinking yeah, right. a lot about models like all yeah. day long. And so I think that's why I like gravitated into yeah, that. Yeah. And even in my world, like, I feel like the people on this podcast and the people I surround myself with are like, very magical, you know, like, and they're freed themselves in some senses, you know, to whatever extent we can from the systems. And, you know, and then my husband read, he went right to lines in and out of the lines and a whole system made on trauma. Like, you know, so we really like, I was really focused on the garden. <laughs> like I saw the garden before it even ever happened at the end of the book. Like that was like kind you of my, understanding. yeah, I understood he was going to be something cool. Like the second he asked about the spaceship, what's his name? Tell me his name. Dill Tud. Dill Tud. You already you know. knew he was up to something. I already knew he was up to something. I would have trusted him in a heartbeat. Oh, good. I would have good, followed good. him home much sooner. <laughs> uh, oh, because I love all of them, but I love him so much. You're the one who's going to buy the I love Dill Tud tote bag. 100%. <laughs>
100% absolutely yeah so like and I trusted him like very intuitively very early and was not so like and was like what are you talking about the li-? like literally this morning I mean I read the same book two weeks ago and I was like what are you talking about the lines like I had to like go back and flip and they're all over the place but I was like what are you talking about and he was like yeah it was like the first thing he picked up on <laughs> and the really interesting thing about a story, because my work for 30 years at some level was explaining, like a teacher at some level, is there's like a parsing, like a pulling apart. Here's the pattern. Here's the template. Here's the system. Here's the way this works. But if you yeah. see a movie and you know what the point is, and it's too heavy handed on the nose, you're like, ugh, ugh. you just yeah. insufferable. Yeah. So the only way a story like this work, at least for me, is what happens next it was like there was a whole musculature that i built up over 30 years like it didn't it was like you just go sit in the corner and i was also in some ways in my whole life like a larger life like i was sort of done Mm. doing that so this only worked with like well who do we meet next yes what are they wearing almost like interviewing or when nunier gives the bread is magic speech at the school it was like being in the ravine for three or four days i didn't know what she was going to say. I just knew it would be something electric. And then I'm sort of discovering it. And even as a reader, you didn't know the whole time whether right, it was going to be right. good or bad. So the, the reader is experiencing what the writer experienced. So what's fascinating about then is like your husband sees that, you see that. It's not like a trance or like a fugue state, but it's like a you come out of it and there's the story and then other people see stuff. And I like, I'm learning what it is. Yeah. Because like Kristen, my wife was like, yeah, welcome to your subconscious. Yeah. You're just connecting to a part of the self that, so that for me was a massive, like a new territory to be working in with something deeper within me that had plenty to say that I couldn't run through that normal rational filter. Well, what's so interesting about you is you've done this you know, you've done all this work and you've worked with so many people that you've like, you've really been like the most systematic version of systems, which is like a religion, right? And then you're like over here. And so you're probably like reflecting a lot of little things. The other thing that came up with us was, and I'm thinking now, like I'm thinking back about my own reading experience and how I like instantaneously was like, oh my gosh, Felix has to read this like ASAP so that he can stop feeling stressed out about the earth. And interestingly, we, in our house, we call it the earth ball. So like everything about it resonated with, yeah. <laughs> with how I would like show, make him read this or if whatever I can do with a 20 year old. But then also like, I just kept picking up on like the intuitive pieces throughout. So like how interesting, like he sort of followed his intuition out of the line and into the other, you know, into the going and getting on a spaceship. And, you know, like that was the thread I kept following. And literally all last night as I'm lying next to my husband in bed, he's like, it's all data. It's all data. <laughs> Just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he, you know, he's an IT guy. And for him, it is all like, literally, it is all data, you know? And so it's like, it's kind of a good, it shows what a good conversation piece it is for like, just being in almost like more peaceful conversation about where we do sit within all the ideas about the systems that we live in and where we want to yeah. like lie around that. Yeah, and when Keen, the main character, begins to be... Well, I love how Nunez shows up and he's like, how dare you disrupt this thing we have going? She's like, we? Wait, you think that you're... You. Something different than me? <laughs> yeah. Like, 
you and I get paid by the same people here, pal. <laughs> We're it. Yeah, man, we had the, no idea. He's so like somehow become part of these bakery people, and yet he's so lost on who he is. <laughs> That's funny. Your it's husband so data in the middle of the night. It's all data. All data. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So can we talk a little bit about making a story like this? Yes. I can't tell you how many people I know who are listening who are trying to make books or, you know, find their passion or whatever it happens to be for them listening. At least I know that happens a lot with clients and myself. And I'm really excited for this part because I'm going to share something that I've never admitted before. <laughs> oh, let's but go. I, yeah, let's go, right? Okay, I'll, let me admit that first now that I've said it. So I have been doing a lot of dream work for the past two years. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing. It's so amazing how like that subconscious piece of our dreams and how, you know, when we work with them, it can really show us a path forward. And actually that's weird because that's a little bit in the book. There was something about dreams at the very beginning and I'm now forgetting about what it was, but there was definitely something about dreams. And through that, I downloaded a lot of images. So I'm a designer by trade. I did go to art school, but I am not a painter. Like this is not something that like, actually my dad's a painter, but I am not a painter. And so I just started like getting these ideas and I would quickly jot them down. I can see all of them still perfectly. I have actually painted three of them, but there are about 50 of them. And so mm. it was really inspiring to hear you share your story of just like really getting this book and like being with it and doing the work, but also there being some aspect of it just coming to you. You want to yes. talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, that you're getting quiet enough and still enough and present to your own self enough. Yeah. And that involves taking voices off your shoulder. So for a lot of people, there are lots of voices on their shoulder, sometimes well-meaning. Like, uh, let me think of an example. Oh, I worked with a writer and she was like, well, my book needs to be 70,000, all jammed up on her book. It needs to be 70,000 words. Why? Because an editor told her that. So there's an expert. I was like, well, how long is your book? She's like, well, it needs to be 70,000 words. I said, how long is your book? So oftentimes we have to take, find out who's on the shoulder and we have to remove Elizabeth Gilbert from the person's shoulder. I've joked with Liz about like, you're on so many people's shoulder and, and you've done this wonderful 100%. thing in the world, but also somebody who a person adores can be on their shoulder. Somebody who's done something that unlocks something within the person can be on their shoulder of how it's supposed to be done. So it's being quiet enough, which means not reaching for your numbing devices. Yeah. So, and listening for what comes up. And I've done this with so many people. We just, we get quiet enough and you watch. And I have seen people, a guy a couple of weeks ago here in Ohio, where I do these events, we sit with for two days and a guy all of a sudden, was real quiet and fine. Like you could see, he was listening for the, the real. He's like, pie shop. It's like, pie shop. And then it turns out there's a whole family lineage involving baking and there's a whole, but like, he's had a thing he's been carrying around. And then he started articulating where he lives and where he has at in his life. And what went from like a weird, almost like a tell, like a weird twitch or something, or like, where did that come from? Became, yeah, of course, that would work great. That would be a, yeah, you could just, it's not crazy. And from like for a lot of your listeners, the thing within them, number one, cynicism is the god of our age. 
So for a lot of people, something that does arise is like, well, that's too good to be true as opposed to good enough to be true. Then oftentimes it retrieves something earlier. So lots of people, it goes often can go way back to childhood. Like I was always a gardener, healer, builder, painter. I was always fascinated with the psyche and how people were. Generally, there's some really pure, earnest, like insight, innocence, has an innocence to it about what the person was drawn to. And then somewhere along the way said, in our family, that's not really considered successful, or you can't pay the bills by that, or there's, that's not something that. So the first thing is being still enough to listen. I remember a woman in England who, I was like, hold on, hold on. Her question had so many layers of things on her shoulder, and it was so, like the antenna was so jammed. She's like, hold on, take a second. What is the next chapter? And just waited in a room full of people. And all of a sudden she said, dance. And then I asked her questions about what the word dance meant. And, you know, instantly we're into her history and into her. Yeah, yeah. So like with you, given that kind of space, these images start to come. And then they got, like you said, 50 of them. Like they come. Yeah. And I would say to, it has its own internal energy source. You will not need to like, I just got to push myself harder to get up at 5 a.m. You'll get up when you get up. You'll be interviewing well, it about what it wants to be. Well, that is what's so interesting about these images. Is like, yes. you know how like with dreams, it's like they're fleeting and you're like nervous you're going to forget. Like thus we write them down. Well, these dreams were not right. fleeting. Etched. So they're showing right. up all the times. So I can see, like I did jot down the images, but I can see them as clearly in my head as when mm -hmm. I saw them for the first time. And there's like no urgency. Like we're in right. a really busy right. season. We help a lot of people plan their holidays and their year. And it's just a busy season of, of serving people right now. And I feel no urgency around it. And so when often we show up with a lot of urgency because when we have an idea, it's like, we really want it to be done like one second after we have the idea, right? Like, which obviously if we think about it long enough, can't be true, <laughs> but it's like, there becomes so urgency. So I'm curious what you have to say about that because now you've done it. Like you've created the work after doing, I don't know how many years were you writing all those other books? Like 20. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, what's fascinating about what you said is, so first off, when you were first telling me us, your listeners about the images, What's interesting is the animating energy of you telling us about them was a very calm, and it was, I could see how the images, at some level, they already exist. So yes. there's a calmness and a grounded centeredness within you. At some point, we'll bring them into flesh and blood, 3D, 5D, whatever. But what's interesting is how many people and the joy that you, Mia, will have in bringing them into whatever fullness they're asking for scarcity is the energy of I got to make this as fast as possible because I only have a little bit of time when the very nature of when things arise within you is they arise outside of time so they're known we time slows down because we got everything we need we have everything we need and the joy for many people is get it done so I can release it so then people either like it or buy it or subscribe to it whatever and then that will confirm that it was a good thing for me to do as opposed to making it like these images, when you make them will owe you nothing. Yeah. The so joy will be in bringing them into the world. And then if they happen to resonate with others, that's just all bonus. Yeah. And on top of that, so like that perfectly explains the time, like no time stress around it. 
Yes. And right. it's funny you mentioned Liz because she shares a whole idea in yeah, her world right, right, about right, right. like how an idea comes into the collective. Yeah. And you can take it, right? She's the one who had the story that somebody else yeah, wrote, kid, yeah. wrote her book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I actually the other day was or actually so the other day I was like, oh, maybe these images are cards. And then just now, as you were you mentioned the word Liz, like and I hadn't even asked you the question, I was like, oh. It doesn't even matter if I make the images, but I just know that they need to be here. Like, you know, like it's like, yes. and so we keep yes. getting like the next piece with the next yes. face. Like maybe I'll make them. And maybe that's what I meant to do. I'm learned to, meant to paint these things. Like, to be honest, I've sat down a few times. And I'm like, I can't quite make them look here like how they are in my head. So maybe I'll find them like somebody else will bring them in. I have no idea. I just know that they're important. Right. So what happened to me is the writing of a Rob Bell book, because I had been with publishers and it's years of work with a publisher before a book ever gets released. And then there's all the lists that they'd like the book to get on, et cetera, et cetera. That the actual creation of a book for me, I also would know subtitle, back cover, like it was all a giant thing. And this, no publisher would ever have been interested in. My new book's about spaceships. (laughs) I'd be like, well, we were hoping for a Rob Bell book. <laughs> There's only me, as far as I know. So this was freed from any of that from the very beginning. Like going back to your images, I distinctly remember no one may ever read this. There were scenes I would write certain scenes and be like in tears and not even know what was happening inside, what grief or loss or pain or joy, whatever. I don't even know what was happening. It was like some cathartic something experience. And I had no one may ever read this. No one may ever publish this. This may just be a thing that I'm doing for myself. So it had yeah. none of that. This needs to be anything other than 1000% fully present to it right now. So it was yeah. freed from the get go. And for so many who are asking questions about who are jammed up, the thing is already energetically entangled with yeah. expectations, assumptions. It needs to be good even good and bad, these are all, in many ways, irrelevant categories. Your images, notice, nothing about you talking about these images. To talk about them as whether they're good or bad is 100% irrelevant. Yeah. It's not even, it's like a completely alternate playing field that you're in. Yeah. Which is why it's so vital and life-giving. It's completely, can you monetize it? Oh, it's like throw up in your mouth. Like who can, it almost degrades the very nature of the experience to try to jam it through these other filters. Okay, so for anyone listening who's like, yeah, Rob, that sounds great. Like, but I have a job or I have a business and I have kids and someone told me I need to meditate every morning, (laughs) like all the things. And I also have this thing that I want to make. Yeah. What is it that you focus on? And did you give everything up to do this? I'm my own patron. Yeah. So my life is constantly what new thing is asking to be made? How do I? be a patron of my some other jobs I could do that would then create a little get whatever we need so that I could do this. So yes. I'm rearranging thing. Even if the setup looks exactly the same, but in my head I've rearranged a couple of things. Yes. We'll do this and this and this so that we can explore this. So one of the first questions I always would just ask somebody who's has these sorts of questions is I would just say, can you live with in less square footage? Yeah. And what's fascinating is people are like, yeah, okay, great, great. I've met people who are like, no, mm -mm." which point the person has a lifestyle to maintain. So 
most people I've noticed are like, are you willing to like maybe try to share a car with your partner? I don't know. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. I do that in a heartbeat. Okay, great. So what I've noticed is generally there are ways people can rearrange their life and that's when it gets interesting. Why are you doing that thing? Oh, here's one. I was doing a session with a woman who's an expert because of her origin or history and her background or lineage. She's like a wonderful spokesperson for inclusivity and diversity in the workplace. And mm -hmm. companies will hire her because they have this like corporate guilt yeah. obligation. And she had this other thing she wants to do. And she kept speaking about this work that these companies want to pay her to do. And she's like, oh, it's just like selling out. And I'm just filling a quota for them. There's other thing I want to do. And as soon as I was like, what if you were your patron? What if these corporations funded? How many of these do you have to do a month to have the whole rest of the month for you to do whatever you want? And what was fascinating mm -hmm. is a group of us, we watched her like just rearrange the furniture in her. Yeah. You're telling me that the like dregs, the worst thing is you have to go help corporations be more caring and inclusive and they pay you a lot of money for that. That's your idea of like the worst thing to do. It seems like that's pretty great if that's what you're doing in order to pay the bills. Yeah. But the person and even the pressure where a person's like, I need seven hours. No, I mean, what about an hour? a day. You can get so much done in these little windows. Or the number of moms I've talked to who wanted to do a podcast and are like, but my kids are always making noise. And I was like, well, that's in the background of your podcast, right? And like, no, I need a quiet place. And I was like, it seems like yeah. kids interrupting you during the recording. seems like that would be part of the gift you're giving people. That's funny because I have a very distinct memory of your podcast and you being like, oh, my daughter's like swinging on something above me right now. <laughs> <I'm recording. laughs> this is all I got. This is all I can do right now. This is what I yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that. <laughs> so, well, one of the things we started off with was just this idea of space. And I feel like that's something that we're trying to like explain over and over yeah. and over again. Because that's yeah. where like, that's where my source of calm really comes from is that like, I always start with how can I, create that space and that quiet not at 5 a.m for the record right, right. oh yeah that's, i can't do that. <laughs> just you know in life and i feel like that really fuels all of it so and we tell me about like just tell us about your relationship with that idea of yeah. space and like creating that over really thinking about the other things maybe even first i know you surf there is if the answer is try harder i'm out yeah <laughs> Even for your listeners, if the idea is just more effort, or I'm sure somewhere you could probably find on Instagram right now, somebody telling you at 6 a.m. have this smoothie at 6.45, do a grab. I'm sure there's somebody right now who's got a study from Stanford, right? <laughs> who's going to tell you something that's just like a cold bath followed by a, like, there's always a thing, which is fine. But generally underneath that is you just don't want it bad enough if you would just try harder. And it's not, not try new things. It's not. but. I would begin with these two creational energies. There's this stillness, spaciousness, emptiness in which there's nothing to do but just be. And if you're yeah. in that space and you have you find that wherever you find that, over time things will begin to arise. It's like almost like they'll have their own energy source, they'll have their own imagination, they'll and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that'd be really interesting." And it'll only ever give you a next step. Won't yeah. give you nine. They'll yes. give you something. I've literally well that session that you did with me during COVID, having done those sessions with at this point thousands of people, I've never 
ever had watched somebody find clarity and it wasn't something they could fully do with a, some sense yeah. of ease. Like, and the people get jammed up when they're like, yeah, but I don't know about the money, but that's step four. We're not at step four. But yeah. I've literally had people get like the number of people who have said, yes, but I could do that. Yeah. Like the cynicism and the armor is so thick and deep that when they see a next life-giving, joyous, somewhat innocent step, I've had people like, but I could do that. I was like, isn't that wonderful that being you is something you could actually do? What a lovely setup. So you think about the modern world in many ways programmed and indoctrinated people into a complexity struggle. If people come from any sort of religious tradition, often there's a Christ on a cross somewhere. It's like, if it's not brutal and struggle, you're probably not doing it right, as opposed to yeah, it'll be your deepest self. It'll have a an alignment with the nature of reality. It'll, of course, a friend of mine makes this interesting distinction between struggle and effort. Yes. So you get the subtleties and nuances of the energies you get better at. Like you're looking for a certain kind of ease or flow that doesn't mean it doesn't have effort. It just means. Yeah, that's really that's important. Something coming up, something arising out of you that's asking for expression that has its own sort of life, like these images. It's almost like you're interviewing it. What would you like to be in the world? When would you like to be? Black and white, color? Would you like to be a, are you a book, a curriculum, a process? Are you a, something in the backyard? There's a sort of curiosity and an inquisitive to it that has a certain lightness. It will always have a lightness. The person who's like, I'm going to change the world, uh, that person's pulled over by the side of the road, a burned out heat nine months from now. Yes, but yes, the, yes. And though I do think that we get that. We can get that. And then it's like, you still have to, then the work is to get quiet enough. Yeah. That that's and then the, the next idea will come. Yeah. And the people who you meet who are doing things, you're like, oh my God, that is like actually changing the world. Would never use that phrase because it's Tuesday. Yeah. And yeah. they're changing doing the world. <laughs> whatever the next step is. Yeah. And it has yeah. a certain calm, grounded, this is what we're doing. All right. So we're going to loop it back to the book, which is that Heen finds quiet through bread making. So it doesn't have to be oh, that you're sitting crisscross applesauce meditating, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me the the quiet is always actually my body moving is always yeah. where the space. Hike, mountain bike, yeah. surf for me is where it movement. So the person who's like I have to wake up early and sit still. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But moving so, detached from life or however you'd say it is where stuff comes. Yeah, because I, I will fully admit I've had seasons as <laughs> with, with three children who are very right. close in age, where mm -hmm. like quiet was doing laundry, like it wasn't like it was not glorious at all. You know, it wasn't even mm -hmm. like, you mm -hmm. know, probably there was moments where I couldn't get out and go on a walk. But it's like, if you can find that peace, when you can. Yeah, and there's a like, I mean, the ancient tradition, what's funny is the things that were like, really, in the ancient tradition, if you think chop wood, carry water, if you think of the practicing the presence of the divine and the brother Lawrence who peels potatoes or the Teresa of Lusso, you go in root, let alone Rumi, you go your encounters with the infinite, the magic, the very, the Tao were pretty much always assumed to happen while you were going about the very, that the infinite's hiding in the mundane. That was always like the wink, the guru, the Buddha, the Christ, the wink of the one who was supposedly enlightened was always, you realize that the thing you're looking for is hiding in the thing you already have. The thing yep. you're already doing. That's always the great twist on pretty much every wisdom, spiritual tradition is you realize the laundry is where you'll find this thing that you think will be out somewhere else. Right. A hundred percent. And it's just right there in the piece of 
yeah. figuring out how to hold a shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right. I'm looking at my husband's notes to see if I have any other oh, questions. Good. What's your husband's name? Sebastian. Sebastian. Let's find uh, out what he has to say. Besides, what's the data? What's the data? That's his thing. He talked a little bit about trauma. You know what he also said that was interesting that I did not take was that Dill Tud was sort of like the prophet. I was like, really? Do you know who wrote this book? Which he doesn't. He has no context, by the way. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how he would have written it. Like, I think he's doing the opposite. I don't have any whatevers for any of the characters, honestly. They have no archetypal. They have no, I don't have, I don't have any training or I haven't done, so I don't like a, what a second actor, I guess I know what a protagonist is, but like all the sort of storytelling devices, I never got any of that. So I don't know, or and, any writing, I, I never went to any writing anything, like workshops or retreats or any, or like, I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, so, well, it's interesting because I'm assuming a lot of readers will come up with a lot of archetype. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? So him seeing Dill Tut as a prophet is like, honestly, me, it's like, for me, there isn't like a, well, this is who this is. Well, and it's super interesting how that's like reflected in the person who sees it. Cause yeah, I'm learning more about everybody around me. Yeah. Right. Cause (laughs) I saw it as the interesting person who I would have followed way earlier. The second he asked me about a spaceship, I would have been like, and the second he like kept showing up in outfits that were all one color, like just everything (laughs) about him was intriguing to my personality. And yes. then he like kept going up in these places, like everything about it was like magic. So I was yes. like, that's yeah. where I, I follow the magic. Like, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah good. so like I would have just followed him. But interestingly, Sebastian, who now is on my podcast, publicly, is somebody who consistent, his work is around studying the internet and how it affects society. And he's very much into internet privacy and like, you know, so he's pushing for all that. He hates all everything online. <laughs> And the fact that I run this very public thing is very funny. He has not existed online until recent years. Like, and he just exists like in one webpage on a bio. And so for him, probably that guy, like the fact that he was so secretive and had this like land, you know, like had all these things was probably like, you know what I mean? That was in his his world. That was like, that was like the epitome of the person. You know what I mean? But for totally different reasons. Right. Oh, and when Nunier comes back to Heen and she's like, yeah, like I can't find him. And Heen is like delighted, like, wait, this is the job, your job. You're one of the best in the universe and you can't find him. She's like, yeah, like it's actually quite hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Which of course we'll have probably have to have another, we'll have to give people some background on why that is. And well, there's a whole, yeah, there's obviously a lot more to build up. But yes, so much more. Oh, I love Sebastian. I'm going to call that the Sebastian theory. I love it. (laughs) Right. So for him, that was ingenious. And that's probably why he's the one who like really surfaces. We're not only outing Sebastian, we're outing his theories. Oh my God. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Right. Oh, I love it. So good. Yeah. Anything else we need to share? Oh, I love talking to you. This is so fun. So fun. (laughs) And oh, your uh, Felix. Does Felix know about Rodale Institute? Because we could hook him up there. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about I was thinking about that this summer. I was like, oh, we should just go to that thing that you were offering this summer and go sit with Rob at the Rodale Institute. But he doesn't know yet. Well, we should. Well, if he could go there and spend some time. He'll, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. He's studying. He's sticking with science, but he wants to make movies. So oh, there we go. He takes all 
you know, writing and those kinds of classes on the outside. And he's quite a visual philosopher, human type person. <laughs> like, that love thing. it. Yeah. So, love it. So, I think it'll all be fun. Yeah. Maybe you can go make a movie for them. <laughs> love it. Yeah. And so, the best thing for people to do is go buy the book. Yeah. At this point, listen to your podcast, buy the book. What do we want people to do listening? Yeah. Yeah. I just recorded we'll the audio book for people who. <gasps> I forgot know. about that. Yeah. There's that an audio book now. There mm -hmm. wasn't an audio book when I emailed Rob and was like, Back in you should days. come talk about it. And he's like, read the book <laughs> and get back to me once you read the book. Well, which... I, I literally, now that I'm my own publicist in the past, I would literally show up for an interview and the person was interviewing me about a book they hadn't read. And I was like, yeah, not good. I would have what? read the book just for the okay. record. I would have yes, read the would. book mm -hmm. before I got you on, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I love that thing. And often I do, I love walking and the way I fit that in often is listening to things. So I'm actually kind of excited to listen to the audio book because you admitted on your podcast last week that you cried. And I'm curious where those moments were. Right. And I don't even, like someone said that they could, they could hear pages turning, but they couldn't hear me like wiping tears away. The book, it reads me every time, but it might so not I, even show up on the audio book. So who knows? But it's there. It's there. Well, so yeah. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> I see this very interesting painting behind you. I'm like, oh, is that like, I'm like trying to go around your head. <laughs> Like, is that a spaceship? No, that's just a. It's a my, thing. These are my thing. These are my image. The images in my head. So fun. <laughs> yeah, you've become like the writer artist. So cool. <laughs> yeah, this is so great. So great. And by the way, when we did have Trace on the show, like the overarching thing, he was trying. <laughs> I like couldn't resist. <laughs> Literally could not resist having him on the show because he was going to tell all of the parents listening how they could raise kids who were spiritual. Mm -hmm. And it was just so like, I was like, I've got to hear this from a 20 something year old. <laughs> but he was so good. It's um, astounding. Which means you did such a great job. Well, he's, he's always been. Yeah, right away. I was like, Oh, got it. Now I know who my teacher is. He's yeah, always I have one of those. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the middle? Yeah. Older. He's the oldest. First one. Yeah. Trace is three. Robert Holmes Bell the third. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So interesting. Well, thank you so much for today. We'll put the links to all the things thank in the show notes. You. This is great. This is great. This is great. Shout out to Felix. Shout out to Sebastian. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian's like, he lives in he lives in Ojai. We should go. <laughs> it's like, apparently it's his favorite place. I had no idea. It's it is. It's wonderful. I can see that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. At the end of every episode. We always share three doable changes so you could take what you've heard and put it into action because action is how change happens. And often we feel like our actions have to be huge to match the bigness of our desires, especially I would say at this time of year. And I have noticed over and over again in my own life, in the life of hundreds of women, probably thousands of women, that the little things really do add up. And by stacking a series of doable changes, you will create the big change that you crave. So I always invite you to choose one doable change that resonates with you this week and really weave it into your life. Make it yours. And then next week, stack the next one. All right. You ready for three doable changes from my conversation with Rob? Number one, get quiet. Finding ways to get quiet so that we can hear our inner voice is so essential. But 
it might not always look like you think it should, right? It could be sitting in meditation, but it could also be walking or biking or folding laundry. So don't worry about the format. Don't worry about waking up at 5 a.m. Don't worry even if you do it and amazing ideas don't spring up. The more you do it, the more you find quiet, the more you start to make space for your ideas. All right. I love this one. I love it for this time of year too. Getting quiet is a great thing to do as this is going live in January. All right. Number two, rearrange your life. Oftentimes we can't do things we want to do because we can't figure out how to do them in our current life with all the things that are happening. So try this as a brainstorm. Try a what if practice. What if we had a smaller house? What if we shared a car? What if we did the podcast with the kids in the background? Don't dismiss the idea of imperfect, right? Think them through. Maybe try one. But get out of the way that you think it needs to be and see what unfolds. And I feel like Rob is such a great example of this. Such a great example. So go re-listen and take good notes, all right? rearrange your life. So important. Number three, take the next step. Often we get stuck too far ahead in the process. And this is something that I will say I see over and over again. And I definitely, definitely do this myself. I can see the big picture and I go too far out and I can't see the next step. And this is when overwhelm comes in and we can't take the next step because the one that we're seeing, it's either too far ahead or it's too big. So we don't know what step nine is or even how to execute step six or where the money is for step four. We just don't know that. So often we have to let that go and just take the next step and not let worry take over. We have to take the step that's clear and the one that has some energy around it and What I find is so amazing and funny and much more funny when you're looking back on it is that the next step always reveals itself. And often when you look back, you couldn't have seen step six, seven, eight from step one because new things opened up as you were moving forward. This One is like why I do everything I do. It is so, so important. Now, this doesn't mean, especially as women balancing all the things, this does not mean that we don't need to hold the space for the things. I want to be super clear about that. Oftentimes, we really do need to hold the space. We do need to set boundaries because we have so many responsibilities, but we can just create more openness in the time that we create to let the next step come in. I could talk about this one for hours. All right, again, three doable changes. Get quiet, rearrange your life, take the next step. Any of them will make huge wins in your world. I cannot wait to hear what it is that you decide to integrate. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, Share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. 
This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day. 